0: Today, we are just going to be getting a briefing from the department on the elections that have taken place, I think it's Angola, Lesotho, and Kenya. And thereafter, we will have a discussion. But before we do that, do we have apologies, Lubabalo? Uh,
1: Good morning, Jefferson and honorable members. Uh, we have uh, three apologies, Chair. Uh, one from the Minister. She's on an official visit at the US. And Deputy uh, Mashal uh, Kholamini. She's also on an official visit at uh, Sierra Leone. And uh Sane said that she'll be, she's running late. So she'll join the meeting. Thank you, Chair. Sorry,
2: that's uh...
0: A helicopter passing, yeah. I'm sorry, honorable members. The a helicopter passing here, so there's nothing one can do about it. Thank you very much for those apologies. Honorable members, do we have a move of adoption of the agenda?
2: Honorable chair, to move second. Second.
0: So uh, okay. Uh, thank you very much. We will now give over to Adman to do the presentation. Good, good morning, honorable chair. Yes, Comrade uh, Elvin Botes, the Deputy Minister, Honourable
3: Member. Yes. Good morning, uh, Honourable uh, Obakeng uh, Ramolezi and Yes, uh, I like your shirt. It looks green. Yes. Thank you very much, Yes, thank you very much, Chair, for that. Um, uh, no, Chair, I I want to indicate, of course. Uh, the minister is still engaged with the our multilateral work uh, and uh, is soon to return to uh, to South Africa but i thought it's uh, important just to um, emphasize the critical nature of today's presentation Chair, uh, because really it's about the the african agenda and ensuring a that we hold a successful uh, free and credible uh, elections which uh, I think Honourable Chair will appreciate it's one of the key tenets of uh, good governance. Uh, In addition, Honourable Chair, the elections on the African continent, of course, is governed by treaties uh, which all member states of the African Union and SADC have adopted, uh, and in particular the African Charter on uh, Democracy, Elections and Governance, uh, which calls for state parties to promote the holding of regular, free and fair elections to institutionalize uh, legitimate authority and representative government, as well as democratic chains of, of government. Yeah. Um, to further solidify um, the charter, it uh, evidently, Honorable Chair, calls on state parties to, and I quote, to reaffirm their commitment to regular holding of transparent, free uh, and fair elections, uh, unquote. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Honourable Chair, the SADC principles and guidelines governing uh, democratic uh, elections uh, aim to promote the uh, enhanced adherence to the principle of the rule of law, premise upon the respect for and supremacy of the constitution and constitutional order in the political arrangements, Of the respected member states uh, holding elections. Uh, The principles and guidelines further aim, honorable chair, to uh, promote uh, the holding of regular, fair, free and fair elections, transparent, credible and peaceful democratic elections, uh, to institutionalize uh, legitimate authority of representative uh, government uh, chair and enhance electoral integrity and I think that that really is a uh, is an area of uh, emphasis. Uh, our submission from Terco Chair is that um, the, the the convening of regular elections has actually become uh, the norm uh, on our African continent, and uh, I think when we look in the mirror, Honorable Chair, um, it details how far we have come since the days of coup d'etats and unconstitutional uh, change of uh, government. Uh, of course, we we must note that the recent experiences in Mali, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Chad, uh, and Sudan uh, does not present uh, the, the the value system of the African Union and its uh, and its ranks. And I think we we have emphasized as uh, as, as as a government of South Africa that where constitutional changes of government uh, actually takes place, we are calling on firmer and stronger actions uh, to be taken by the respect of uh, REC and the AU. uh, uh, So that, I think, it's a critical issue. I think, Honourable Chair, uh, the presentation um, will, of course, capture the, the fact that the peoples of Kenya and Angola have shown resilience and commitment to the peaceful elections uh, that recently actually has been uh, convened. And uh, I think it's a testimony uh, to the investment from these uh, two governments uh, in relation to Aspiration 3 of the African uh, Union Agenda 2063, which, amongst other sites in Africa, of good governance, democracy, respect for human rights, justice, uh, and the rule of law and the rule of law. Of course, Chair, as I conclude, uh, the kingdom of Lesotho, our immediate uh, neighbor within close proximity, will be going to the polls uh, on the 7th of October uh, this year. Uh, We also know, Chair, that the elections takes place at the end of the South African-led SADC uh, facilitation process uh, which saw the conclusion of a long-vault dialogue amongst the Basutu on the types of reforms required uh, within the political landscape of uh, Lesotho. Uh, we we evidently noted that since the appointment of President Ramaphosa um, as the facilitator of this process, supported by a, a facilitation uh, team led by former Deputy Chief Justice. Uh, uh, Mosanaki, work uh, has tirelessly uh, uh, been undertaken to actually uh, conform to the mandate of the SADC facilitation uh, team. The final mi- mal- milestone of the facilitation team uh, agenda chair was to see the adoption by parliament of the Omnibus Constitutional Amendment Bill which uh, its purpose was to amend the 1993 uh, Lesotho uh, constitution and other reforms direct directives. Unfortunately, honorable members, um, the bill could not pass before parliament, uh, uh dissolve ahead of, uh, the elections. Nevertheless, the elections are going, uh, ahead as, as planned. We must confirm that SADCAS deployed its uh, elections observer uh, mission and South Africa chair contributed uh, members to that uh, uh, elections observer missions and it is expected that all other SADC uh, formations such as the SADC parliamentary forum and the SADC electoral uh, commission forum will also uh, uh, be deployed. Uh, Lastly, Chair, uh, it will be good if we get your permission to uh, invite uh, the foreign service uh, of DERCO uh, to to do a detailed presentation on these three areas. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much, Deputy Minister. Thanks very much for those opening remarks. Over to the Department. Foreign Service Unit, over to you.
4: Chairperson, um, Honorable Fabia, something is foreign here. I, I, I don't hear anything. Is was it
2: just me? Good morning, good morning,
5: Chairperson, and uh, Deputy Minister. My name is Kazamula Chawani. Um, I just wanted to quickly check if Ambassador Bungani is in the platform, uh, because when we arranged, you are supposed to first deal with the Kenya general elections, and then I will do Angola and the Kingdom of Lesotho's readiness uh, through your
2: Chair. Good morning, uh, Honourable Chair and uh, and Honourable
6: Members, uh, Deputy Minister Waters uh, and uh, and colleagues. uh, My name is Mbule Pungani. I'm doing the Kenya presentation. There was uh, an agreement with the Acting DG that she was going to do the introduction of the two presenters, uh, but it looks like something has not. Gone right. Uh, so uh, if I may proceed then,
2: uh, with your permission, Chairperson, uh, to present the uh, Kenyan general elections of 2022. Can I proceed, uh, Chairperson? I'm not sure if Chairperson, you can be able to hear me on that side. I can hear you, Madam uh, Acting
6: DG.
7: Okay, Uh, Ambassador Pungani, if you allow me, uh, Mr. Chairperson can continue with the presentation. I'm not sure if I'm audible on that side.
8: Chair, there seems to be problems of connection and connectivity. Can we have a better connect coordination? I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, Mr.
6: Mkosi, we hear you from this side. I can hear you. I'm Bungani, and I'm ready
8: to present Kenya. I don't know whether I'm audible that side. Yeah, I think maybe let's ask... Uh, Mr. Siguala to check with the chair if he's if he's still in the meeting. Okay,
6: no, thanks. We'll hear from you. And once I ask you, Mr. Nkosi, you will be the one that is
8: that will be showing the presentation on the screen. No. I'm just saying because... let's check let's check uh, with Mr Siguala if the chair is in the meeting so that you can uh, run the meeting properly. Okay. Mr. No,
4: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> chairperson honorable father okay. chairperson can you hear me oh, it
1: uh, honorable members it looks as if the chair is uh, on the platform but is are not uh, muted so he needs to unmute or is having a, a challenge but it's is appearing on the uh participants list. So I think uh, Honorable Ngos is correct that uh, Mr. Squella check whether uh, he's uh <clears throat> having uh, some network problems and then we can take it from there as Honorable Ngoso suggested.
4: Yeah, I, I just think this, this is very clear that, that we should start the face to face meetings again. Um, this is happening quite too often. And, and I really do believe we do have premises where we can do this with committee rooms. I really do think, um, this is getting ridiculous. It's every time we have meetings. The only good meeting was the one we had last week where we had face to face. So if we can perhaps start looking into that again.
2: Thank you.
8: Uh all of Members, may I suggest that uh, Honourable panzer chair the meeting while we try to look for the chairperson, so that we don't waste uh, much time.
4: Agreed. I'll
1: second that motion. No, thanks Honourable uh, uh, for the suggestion and uh on our own members uh, for for agreeing I think let's challenges out of the chair, so can uh, we allow the presenters now to proceed uh, as uh, <clears throat> they have arranged from the department acting d g just lead us and tell us who is presenting, but we can even see the presentation on the screen is right. Uh, department?
7: Honorable members uh, of the committee and honorable chair, chairperson, uh, apologies uh, because we're struggling with the connection on our side as well. Uh, we've got Ambassador Pungane who will be presenting uh, on the election, the outcome of the elections in, in Kenya. And Ambassador Pungane will be followed by Mr. Chabane who will also present on the elections in Angola but also share Diko's uh, observation and analysis of of the readiness of the Kingdom of Lesotho to hold its elections in the coming month. If you allow me, Chairperson, can I uh, allow Ambassador Pungane to to present, please? Thank you.
1: Yes, uh, DG, we are in your hands.
7: Ambassador uh, Pungane, please go ahead.
1: You just allow them as as you have uh, lined them up and then we'll take it from there.
6: No, thank you once
1: more, uh, Honorable Acting
6: Chair, uh, the Deputy Minister, uh, uh, the- so, Sorry, Honorable Pansy.
0: Members, I had a bit of a, a, bit of a distraction here, yes. so I'm sorry. Thanks, Honorable Mpanzi. Okay, if if I can proceed uh,
6: and on the screen now is the overview of the presentation that i'm going to make uh, we will provi- we'll provide some historical overview of elections in uh, in Kenya in the past uh, starting with 2007 elections uh, deal with the the current uh, or the just uh, concluded uh, elections uh, who are the presidential candidates uh, uh, the results that were announced and the subsequent uh, challenge uh, court challenge that was launched uh, on the results uh, then we'll conclude with two issues uh, just briefly from what we have been able to source uh, what is the likely uh, foreign policy that will be followed by the new administration uh, and how we see our future relations that is south africa and kenya so that will be the overview of the of the presentation uh, on the first item uh, Before the elections, we, as the desk, we were a little bit anxious on how the elections were going to to turn out uh, due to the history of uh, electoral violence uh, that happened uh, in Kenya, Uh, especially in the 2007 uh, elections uh, that resulted in more than a thousand people uh, uh, that were killed uh, in the violence that followed the announcement of the elections. uh, uh, in those elections, uh, and we'll return to this uh, later on, is that Mr. Uh, Odinga was a contestant. He had challenged the, the outcome of the elections, uh, but was not uh, successful. And in the aftermath of the elections and the violence that I referred to earlier, uh, was that Mr. Uhuru Kenyatta and uh, Mr. William Ruto, uh, Ruto uh, were indicted in the international. Criminal court in the Hague uh, for their alleged uh, role in the in the violence. Uh, however, uh, Mr. Kenyatta was subsequently acquitted, and the charges against uh, uh, Mr. Ruto were withdrawn. Uh, I think there was another person that was charged with him, a certain journalist. Uh, so they couldn't proceed with the with the case uh, due to uh, lack of evidence, and they were subsequently withdrawn. They 2012 uh, elections uh, were won with were won by Mr uh, Uhuru Kenyatta, uh, who had Mr Ruto as his uh, running mate. Uh, they were the campaign under the platform of the Jubilee uh, uh, coalition. Uh, the 2017 elections uh, again uh, Mr uh, Uhuru Kenyatta won the elections uh, but the results were challenged by mr Odinga who had contested these elections uh, as well uh, the case subsequently was uh, heard by the Kenya Supreme Court uh, and they nullified the outcome of the of the results uh, the uh, court uh, made some uh, findings against the uh, independent electoral uh, commission of Kenya uh, uh, alleging that or declaring that they had committed some irregularities and illegalities uh, during the, the electoral uh, process. Uh, amongst the findings was that, uh, you know, the commission did not conduct elections in accordance with the laws of Kenya, including the constitution, uh, that there were uh, irregularities, uh, especially with the transmission of results from the polling stations to the national telling uh, Center, uh, the as a result, the court had declared that there must be a rerun of the of the elections, uh, and in the fresh elections that followed, uh, Mr. Kenyatta uh, won the uh, the elections. Uh, uh, his opponent had uh, declined to participate or did not participate in the rerun of the elections, uh, and therefore Kenyatta was. Uh, or secured uh, a second term in office. If you can go to the next slide, please. And then coming to the uh, to the 2020 general elections, uh, there were a number of elections that were held uh, simultaneously. First, it was the presidential elections, uh, the elections for the governors, elections for members of the National Assembly and the Senate, uh, the county uh, assemblies as well as ward representatives so it was a combination of presidential and as in our case uh, uh, parliamentary elections uh, plus local government elections uh, although they are structured uh, differently from us uh, is the is the governors uh, the national assembly the senate the county assemblies as well as the uh, ward uh, representatives uh, Uh, The population currently of of Kenya is estimated at about 54.9 million people uh, and only 22 million people had registered as as voters. Uh, This was slightly up from the previous elections of of 2017, which had uh, uh, 19.6 voters. Uh, And according to the analysis that was done by the uh, Electoral uh, Commission, uh, is that uh, from the registered voters, 39.8% were were young voters. Uh, so the uh, elections, uh, really, in terms of the you know the observation by various international observers, uh, including you know the Commonwealth, the, the European Union, the African Union, the East African Community, and COMESA. Uh, They were uh, loaded as having been largely peaceful and and done uh, uh, above average. I'm not sure exactly what they meant about that, but uh, they were largely peaceful. Uh, Our mission in Nairobi also uh, went to a few police stations and they concurred with the observation that the international teams had had made. Uh, But one of the observations that was made uh, was that uh, the the voter turnout, comparatively speaking, was was the lowest uh, in the 15 years of electoral uh, processes in uh, in Kenya. Uh, it was uh, uh, reported at 65.4%, uh, uh, and by Kenyan standards, uh, that was regarded as, as being low, because in some elections, the turnout was as high as more than 80% uh, of, of voters, uh, and hence the you know, the categorization of these uh, elections as having had the lowest uh, uh, voter turnout. Uh, if you can move to the next uh, elections, uh, and the last line was about the the number of voters, uh, but I've spoken about the percentage of, the, of those that turned out. Uh, and another feature of these elections was that, you know, since uh, 1990, there was... Uh, the lowest number of uh, presidential candidates. Uh, and the candidates that uh, contested uh, included those four that are, are listed uh, uh, Mr. Raila Odinga, who's age 77. Uh, and one feature of the elections in uh, in Kenya that I may me just uh, mention now is that uh, around elections, various political parties uh, form coalitions uh, uh, because in the History of the of the Kenya elections: uh, uh, No single party uh, can win elections on its own, and has the phenomena of having uh, coalition partners, uh, and some of them are formed, are formed uh, just uh, before the elections, uh, like this year, this Azimuo La Umoja uh, coalition between uh, Mr. or President, former President. Uh, Kenyatta's Jubilee Party, as well as uh, Mr. Odinga's uh, Orange, Democratic, Orange Democratic Party were the main uh, coalition partners, but there were others, uh, smaller parties that also were part of that coalition. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned uh, previously, it was not the first time that uh, Mr. Raila Odinga contested the elections. Yeah, he had done so on five previous uh, occasions and had not been uh, successful uh, in those elections. Uh, and then the other contender, contestant was Dr. William Bruto, uh, who was uh, at the time of the elections, the deputy president of uh, of Kenya, having been the deputy president since 2013. Uh, he had his own coalition uh, uh, called the Kenya Kwanzaa Alliance, uh, uh, that had different parties. Uh, some of the known ones are the ones that are mentioned in the on the screen, the United Democratic Alliance, the Amani National Congress, and the Forum for the Restoration of Democracy in, in Kenya fought. Uh, and then the – so those were the two main uh, contenders. Uh, and then the other two, uh, Mr. David uh, Waihinga and George Wazakoya, uh, completed the four uh, candidates that went to contest uh, the elections. If you can move to the next slide, please. Uh, And then on the 15th, the elections took place on the 9th of August, and then on the 15th of August, uh, the Electoral Commission, uh, the IEBC, declared uh, President uh, or Dr. William Ruto as the president-elect of uh, of Kenya. There was a bit of drama on that uh, on that day uh, and it was some of it was shown live on, uh, on TV. Uh, what transpired is that the before the announcement the four uh, the IEBC is constituted by seven uh, members and four of them uh, you know Disassociated themselves from the results that were announced. Uh, so shortly before the results were announced, they held a, a press conference where they disassociated themselves from the, from the results that were going to be announced. Uh, and in the Tarling Center, you saw it on TV, there were lots of commotion. And uh, according to the report, uh, there were people that tried to prevent the chairperson from announcing the results. Uh, but in the end, he, he did uh, announce the uh, the results uh, and the outcome uh, of the race. Uh, the results that were announced were as, uh, as follows. Uh, and just before I go to the results, is that in terms of the Kenyan constitution, uh, the person to win in the first round, he had to get uh, 50% plus one uh, votes uh, and then have the support of the at least of 25 percent of the votes uh, that were cast in the various uh, counties of, uh, of Kenya. Uh, so it must be 25 percent of the votes in the in the counties, and then 50 uh, plus one of the of the overall uh, uh, voting public. And the announced results uh, were that uh, Dr. Ruto. Uh, uh 50.59 of the of the votes percent of the votes uh Mr. Odinga uh got 48.85% uh Mr. Muari, uh 0.23% and then uh George uh, Wajakoya, uh got 0.44% uh, of the of the vote uh, so Uh, Mr. Ruto uh, met the requirement for to be, you know, to be get the president uh, elect. Uh, I think on the day of the elections uh, and subsequently, uh, Mr. Odinga rejected the results of the of the elections, Uh, and in terms of the law, he had certain days by which to. Lodge his formal uh, complaint, which he duly did on the on the twenty second of of August. Uh, But what I want to to mention, uh, which was quite important, is that uh, on the fifteenth, whilst he rejected the the outcome of the of the of the elections, uh, he called upon his uh, uh, supporters to to remain calm uh, and not to resort to any violence, and that he was going to challenge the the results using uh, legal means, which was quite important. And as a result, uh, I think there was one or two uh, uh, incidences uh, uh, not major in in his uh, constituency. uh, But other than that, uh, the whole country was quite uh, peaceful uh, on the day that the results were were, were announced. so he lost the the lawsuit uh, and he asked that uh, the uh, the court nullify the outcome of the of the of the elections uh, on various uh, grounds uh, including the fact that you know the percentages and the uh, didn't quite uh, add up uh, uh, when you know when he was doing his arithmetic uh, so, the in the challenge that was uh, presented to, to court, uh, uh, the Supreme Court had to uh, make a ruling on the following uh, issues. Uh, the first one was whether the technology that the IEBC had used uh, in managing the elections uh, met the standards of integrity, ver- verifiability, security, and transparency uh, to guarantee, accurate environment. Verifiable results. So that was the first uh, uh, issue that the court had to uh, to decide upon. Uh, the next one, please. The next one was whether there was interference uh, in uploading and transmission of the form three point three thirty four A from the polling stations to the to the IBC portal. That is where the uh, results were being. Uh, uploaded i think the form is one of the forms that would be completed uh, from the polling stations uh, uh, tabulating the results of the of the polling stations and then the third uh, issue was whether there was uh, a difference between those forms that we uploaded in the portal and the and the forms that we received at the at the national uh, Telling center Uh, and the forms that were issued by the polling agents. Then the fourth uh, uh, area that uh, was contested or the court had to decide on was whether the postponement of the gubernatorial, uh, we made uh, an error that is not national, is the gubernatorial elections, uh, which essentially is the governor elections uh, in our normal languages whether the governor elections that took place or that were postponed in uh, two counties uh, in Kakamega and Mombasa, as well as parliamentary elections uh, in some of those wards uh, uh, and counties uh, resulted uh, in voter suppress- suppression uh, to the detriment of the, of the petitioners. The petitioners are the, uh, the is Odinga, there were a few others that had gone to court to to challenge the the outcome of the of the elections. Whether the those postponements uh, affected uh, the outcome negatively, or to the detriment of the of Mr. Odinga and uh, and, and the others. And then, the lastly, whether there were inexplicable discrepancies between the votes cast for the presidential elections. And other elective positions, and the other elections positions would be the parliamentary elections, the carbonorial uh, notorial uh, elections, as well as the the counties. Uh, whether there were any inexplicable uh, discrepancies, uh, and then the court uh, dismissed the uh, all the claims of the of the petitioners uh, and declared that uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Ruto was duly elected as the president elect and the court was unanimous in its decision
2: uh,
6: in its outcome
2: uh, and uh, Mr Odinga still uh, did not accept the the ruling uh, uh in one of the comments
6: he was saying it was more for a political uh Decision than a judicial decision, uh, so he rejected the uh, the outcome, but he accepted the results. Uh, I hope I'm putting it uh, uh, properly. And, and since then, we have not heard from from him. Uh, and then, uh, Mr. Uh, or Dr. Ruto was then duly uh, inaugurated on the 13th of uh, of September. Uh, for a five year term uh, as the president of uh, of Kenya. Uh, we are invited to South Africa uh, to be represented at the inauguration, and uh, uh, President uh, Ramaphosa was uh, specifically invited, but due to other commitments, he uh, then uh, appointed the deputy president to represent him at the elections, and he duly participated in the inauguration. Uh, Ceremony on the 13th of September. Next slide, please. Uh, in terms of the foreign policy, uh, and we really uh, sourced the information that we are sharing from the manifesto of the Kenya Panza uh,
2: Coalition. Uh,
6: uh, some of the issues that they had uh, pointed out in their uh, manifesto was that. Uh, Kenya is uh, uh, considered as a as a partner uh, uh, in the in the region. I think they made a mistake. It's not necessarily South Africa's partner, uh, but I think they consider, consider themselves as a, you know an anchor state uh, in the in the in the East Africa region, uh, being the only country that uh, hosts the. United Nations uh, headquarters uh, they have the UN habitat there amongst others uh, being uh, uh, stationed in, uh, in in Nairobi uh, and that uh, the government of President uh, Rutu will uh, see to that the country is uh, seen as a respectable and uh, valued uh, partners by the international community that it will promote friendly relations with his neighbors and uh, playing a leading role uh, in regional and pan african uh, affairs uh, they've specifically mentioned you know issues around peace and security in their in their na- neighborhood as one of their foreign policy uh, uh, priorities. can we move to the next one and he incidentally before uh, talking on this uh, on this slide uh, subsequent to his inauguration he appointed uh, Former President uh, Uhuri Kenyatta uh, uh, to continue with the role that he had played in mediating the various conflicts in the in the region, including uh, the recently, you know, uh, erupted uh, conflict in the eastern DRC, uh, as well as the challenges and in, in uh, the civil war in in Ethiopia. Uh, so, President uh, has uh, asked, uh, uh, and from what we have. Heard that the former president has agreed to, to continue saving in those, uh, in those groups. And finally, in terms of the, their manifestos, they identified the following pillars uh, in their foreign policy. Uh, one was economic and commercial uh, diplomacy to pursue this uh, vigorously, uh, and that to use Kenya's role as a partner to strengthen its voice in local and continental affairs. Uh, to engage uh, their uh, diaspora uh, with the view of uh, trying to, you know, uh, get some value from from what the Kenyans in the diaspora uh, have uh, being a good global uh, citizen, uh, which include, you know, supporting the work of uh, international organizations uh, and the treaties that they have signed, uh, and that uh, in its outlook uh, in terms of uh, uh, global affairs, that it will be uh, more of a pan-Africanist uh, uh, stance uh, that will uh, pursue or focus on courses uh, that will improve the situation of uh, of the African continent. Uh, uh, something that we, we share with them. Uh, and if we can just uh, go to the last slide, uh, and really to uh, restate uh, How we see uh, from Diko's point of view uh, our relations uh, ensuing with uh, with the new administration. Uh, First uh, is that should be recalled that uh, we hosted two uh, uh, bilateral mechanisms with uh, with Kenya towards the end of last year. We had a a joint commission for cooperation uh, in August. Uh, 2021, which was hosted by Kenya. And then on the 22nd to the 23rd of November, uh, uh, president, uh, former president Uhuru or president Uhuru uh, paid a state visit to, to South Africa, which was uh, very successful in our, in our view. Uh, so we looking at uh, ensuring that the decisions and the agreements that were signed uh, during those two Events uh, are, are implemented. We have a metrics in the department uh, that we share with the, with the various uh, departments that participate, uh, and we continuously monitor uh, the implementation of those uh, of those uh, decisions that we take. Uh, one of the things which is important for our economic uh, diplomacy and, and really responding, you know, to some of the socio economic challenges facing South Africa, including unemployment, is uh, uh, working uh, hard to increase our trade uh, with uh, with uh, with kenya uh, currently they are our biggest uh, trading partner uh, on the continent outside of SADC. Uh, so if you exclude uh, uh, the SADC countries kenya is our leading uh, trading partner uh, the trade is uh, skewed like in many other african countries in favor of uh of South Africa, and this issue was uh, strongly uh, raised by President Kenyatta. As a result, there was a decision to uh, for the two countries to work towards uh, uh, leveling the, the trade uh, figures. Uh, and then, one of the ways of doing so is, uh, you know, our continued investment in in Kenya. South Africa has a, a good uh, footprint uh, of companies that are invested in Kenya, and we seek to uh, to increase that. Uh, Uh, that footprint Uh, also uh, seek to cooperate with kenya in promoting uh, good uh, governance and and democracy on the on the continent Uh, uh, when we're in 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 kenya during the jcc there was an idea muted and uh, is still under very early stages of uh, of of development is having you know, a group of seven or eight African countries that can champion these uh, causes and others uh, on 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 the continent, uh, but it's still at early stages of conceptualization. And then we will also seek to encourage the new administration, you know, to also assert and uh, and, and protect, you know, the principles of the, uh, the founding principles of the African Union. Uh, which, uh, I can uh, I, can't, you know, on Pan-Africanism would be also espouses in South Africa. And, uh, as we speak now, the, it's uh, possibility that there could be, uh, a state visit to, to Kenya very soon. We're just, uh, waiting to conclude the, uh, the discussions around, uh, around the days, uh, which is important for us to consolidate the work that we have started with, uh, with the administration of uh, President Uwur uh, Kenyatta. Uh, and that will be the end of our presentation. Uh, and, and thank you very much, uh, uh, Chaperson, the uh, Honourable Members, uh, Deputy
2: Minister, uh, Potes, uh the Ambassador Dromo, and, uh, and the colleagues.
1: Uh, I thought the chair was back. Thanks very much uh, uh, for the presentation, and uh, I have uh, requested that the DG, acting DG, will uh, allow you to present as he has as he has lined you up, uh, so that we won't have these interactions uh, from after one presentation, then the other one once has completed. They as then the other ones can join <clears throat> and then uh, we can then uh, enter the discussion so Acting think TG can we have you allowing us uh, or calling the other presenter uh, to uh, do the presentation uh, on Angola and, uh, and uh, the SUTU and then we'll then uh, take a discussion after all those presentations have been Concluded. Over to you, D uh, G. But uh, what is back then he can then take over. But I think he's still uh, experiencing uh, some natural challenges so over to you uh where are the other presenters
0: i'm
5: i i
1: see acting. can you hear me yes yes uh acting pg please let us okay. not have this interface. Oh, oh, eh?
7: Honorable Chairperson, I'm I'm sorry, we seem to have a problem with connection. If you allow uh, me to call Mr. Chabane to present, please, on Angola and Lesotho. Thank you.
1: Okay, okay. thanks very much, Hectun thanks Mr. Sorry for...
5: Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, good morning, honorable members, Deputy Minister acting DG colleagues, um, as indicated, my name is Kazamla Chawan. I'm just going to give a a presentation on the election outcomes of Angola, as well as the state of readiness uh, with regard to the upcoming elections uh, in Lesotho. Uh, what we have on the screen uh, is the political map of Angola, just to give a sense of the length and breadth of the of the country, but also to to give a sense in terms of the extent to which the observer mission had to be stretched throughout the country to conduct its uh, observation. So we can move uh, to the next slide. By way of introduction, uh, Honorable Members, the elections in Angola were held on 24 June. And as I indicated that uh, uh, there was a deployment of observer mission, South Africa participated within the ambit of the SADC electoral observer mission, which is governed by the uh, revised SADC principles and guidelines uh, governing uh, democratic elections uh, in the, in the in the region that is very critical because when they make observations, some of which we will get to in the uh, concluding slides, they base them on these uh, established principles and in terms of the organization, the observer mission is led by the chair of the organ supported by the Troika. In this case, the chair was uh, um, Namibia. And then in terms of the other tro- uh, Troika members, South Africa is the outgoing chair, and then Zambia is an incoming chair of the OCA. Now, they were about, not about just to be specific, 12 political parties that uh, contested the elections in Angola. And you will see... Uh, in some of the slides that these were very closely contested elections. Uh, The major parties, therefore, were the ruling party, which is the MPLA. Um, And if you allow me to use the term uh, with the major opposition party being uh, UNITA, and then all other small parties uh, to make up the number of 12, and we'll get back to um the closer contestation when we look at the numbers in terms of the outcomes in the in the following slides. So that is by way of uh, of introduction. If we can move to the next slide, please. Let me just highlight this constitutional and uh, administrative framework. I think it's very critical because in most of, uh, if not all elections that are contested, the legalities and the legal frameworks tends to be, to take central stage. And uh, Angola is not, uh, is not immune to this because some of the laws which are there, um, of course, with the constitution being the supreme law, uh, they tend to be uh, contested in terms of their implementation during the elections. And this has happened, and I, w- I will leave some of them, including the organic law on the media regulatory authority, wherein uh, you will see uh, in one of the uh, contestations that uh, The complaint was that uh, uh, not all parties were granted uh, fair access to the media. There are other laws that deal with uh, the funding of political parties that also came up. I will delve into that uh, when dealing with the actual contestation, but we thought it would be prudent that at least we um, uh, um, highlighted the importance of the legal framework in the in the conduct of uh, of elections. Of course, the constitution also provides for the final arbiter in terms of those contestations that normally come up after the elections, particularly those closely contested elections. And this is what has is, uh, transpired in uh, in Angola. But furthermore, it also gives the uh, uh, necessary uh, legal jurisdiction and the mandate to the national uh, uh, electoral commission which conducts the elections. that becomes a central board in terms of the conduct of the elections pre and uh, during and post in terms of the uh, announcement of the results. If we can move to the second to the next slide, please. Now, very critical with regard to um, Angola, I must just highlight this, Um, one of the things that has happened with these elections, before I get to the issue of voter registration, was that for the first time they had the participation of the diaspora um, uh, um, citizens. for example, uh, those who reside in South Africa, they voted in Johannesburg, Pretoria, and uh, and Cape Town. I think they had plus minus three hundred uh, registered uh, diasporans in, uh, in in our country. Of course, due to their history, the largest number of the diaspora would have come from Portugal. Uh, um, <coughs> Now, what, the, what a registration, which uh, to a certain extent was a, a, a contentious issue, and I will, I will indicate why a bit later, um, was done through the collection of data that is uh, obtained from the civil identification data database. Um, the contentious issue was with regard to the deceased people. Who are not necessarily or automatically rather removed from this database, database, and you will see in part of this uh, presentation how the opposition uh, parties uh, raised the, uh, this uh, this this matter. We are talking about a country of uh, um, an estimated thirty-five million um, uh, population. Now, a total of 14 million uh, was, was reported to be in the voters' roll. Uh, I think the point that is critical to make in this regard, as compared to the 2017, is that there was a, there was a 50% increase in terms of the registered uh, voters, uh, which augurs well with, uh, with the uh, principles of democracy and the the, the active uh, participation by the citizens of uh, of Angola now just to make the point uh, with regard to the deceased people the estimation as i've indicated earlier stood at around 2 million of the names uh, that find their way into into the into the waters and this this put the uh, electoral commission in our view in a uh, it exposes them into a position of uh, vulnerability in terms of challenges challenges from the parties that uh, participate in the in the election now During the election day, what the observer mission did was to deploy, uh, you would have seen the length and breadth as we demonstrated on the red map, 201 uh, uh, observers uh, uh, in 12 provinces. And then they were able to observe the opening, uh, the voting and the closing and the counting procedures as well in terms of the organic law on general elections. This is one of the laws that uh, were highlighted in in, in, in slide two and made a point that it's important just to keep it in mind as we will continue to refer to some of these legislative frameworks. If we can move to the next slide, please. Just to indicate honorable members that, uh, of course it was not only um, the SADC observer mission that was deployed there, there were other uh, election observers, including the African Union electoral observer mission. And then, uh, unsurprisingly, the community of the Portuguese-speaking countries. And then we also had the SADC Parliamentary Forum. Uh, we also had the SADC Election Commission Forum, uh, International Conference on the Great Lakes. Um, and then the former presidents Chisano and Kukweta as the international observers, they were also part of the contingent that went. To observe the elections in Angola. So it was quite a number of observer missions. We front loaded the SADC observer missions because, as I indicated, South Africa, as a member of SADC, uh, was part of that observer mission. We took note that uh, political parties indeed were allowed to submit names of their um, fraternal uh, foreign organizations. To be invited by the um, by the electoral commission to observe the elections, and what was also uh, quite uh, interesting is that in terms of the local observers, the limitation, of course, to the two thousand, but party agents were unlimited. Uh, but this is also a, a bit contentious. In in other instances, experience has shown that you can have unlimited party agents, but deployment also depends on the on the funding. So you may have all the parties uh, uh, being granted uh, uh, allowance to. Get to all polling stations, but uh, resource wise, it, it, it becomes a determining factor. If we can move to the next slide, please.
2: If we can move to the le- next slide,
5: please. <clears throat> now, what the SADC observer mission uh, observed. Uh, critical is that during the pre-election and the post-election phases, of course, the, 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 there was peace, and then uh, this was commendable to all stakeholders uh, because they respected the the rule of law, and then the political I mean contestants, uh, um, of course, followed due processes in resolving some of the post-election disputes that I will talk to. Which includes uh, invoking some of the uh, uh, legal frameworks. Of course, concerns were raised uh, by some stakeholders that funds were released late into the campaign processes. This would have been uh, contrary to um, to the organic law on general elections uh, on funding of political parties. The mission, of course, also noted that uh, there were concerns regarding the organization and the functioning of the Electoral Commission.
0: And I've already,
5: opened, I've already uh, indicated that uh, some of these occurrences uh, uh, opens the Electoral Commission to questioning of, ins- of its independence and uh, to a certain extent uh, uh, capacity. I also highlighted the use and the access of public media by all parties because concerns were raised that uh, this was not uh, fairly done. Another concern was with regard to the compilation of the voters' roll, which was not published ahead of the elections as per the organic law, which I also referred to in my introductory remarks. Now despite the system that they had they call it a quality SMS system to verify voting registrations um it was said that not all voters made use of that particular system i think they had a, a challenge with uh, with the system be that as it may um if we can move to the next slide <coughs> Be that as it may, um, the, the, the preliminary statement which was issued by the SADC observer mission on uh, 26 August, uh, uh, well noted again that the phases, both pre and post elections were, were, were peaceful and, and commended all stakeholders. Now, on 29 August, the Electoral Commission released the final results uh, and declared the MPLA, the ruling party, the winner with just over 51 percent. With the opposition, the main opposition, UNITA, uh, that gained just over 43 uh, uh, percent In the in the in the in the elections, and this was massive for UNITA. If one was to compare it with uh, the 2017 elections, where I think they garnered uh, below 30 uh, percent of the vote, and the remaining over four percent of the votes were shared amongst the uh, uh, small parties. Uh, now we have seen this phenomenon in other countries where by once elections uh, elections results are released, some members of the electoral commission tends to uh, absorb themselves distance themselves in in the case of Angola, four members of the electoral commission who alleged uh, are alleged to be aligned to in um I'm, I'm carefully using the, words, the, the word alleged, uh, distanced themselves from the announced results. Now, the resulted action by UNITA was to lodge a petition to the Constitutional Court, which it, of course we referred to earlier,
0: uh,
5: calling for, among other things, the recount of the ballot, citing several discrepancies, in terms of the tallying of the outcomes. Well, the, the court on 8 September uh, rejected the petition and uh, and made the pronunciation that uh, in dismissing the UNITA uh, petition, uh, they were upholding the outcome of the election, which therefore meant that uh, uh, President Lorenzo would have won uh, the second term, and uh, as such, was uh, uh, inaugurated on 15 September 2022. Of which we we attended as uh, as South Africa. If we can move to
2: the next slide, please.
5: Just to make a summative conclusion. Um, in terms of the revised SADAC principles uh, that governs elections, uh, we have indicated that the chair of the organ um, leads the, 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 the election observer, of course, supported by the Troika. Now, as the responsibility to present a consolidated res- report with the lessons learned, observations, I've spoken to that, and the recommendations that they would have made to the government of Angola. The expectation, therefore, is that uh, the Electoral Advisory Council shall return to Angola at an appropriate time to undertake a post-election uh, review with an aim to determine the extent to which the recommendation of the observer mission has been implemented. Honorable members would have noted some of those concerns, as I highlighted in part of the presentation, The nature of support that Angola may require, if any, uh, from the SADC region to to implement the the proposals and the recommendations to improve the electoral process in future. So that concludes the short presentation on Angola. Uh, Chair, I will also very quickly delve into the readiness of the Kingdom of Lesotho hold elections in October, starting of course with uh, uh, the political uh, uh, landscape, just to give a sense of uh, where we are going to deploy as Sadak in terms of the voting district and in the length and the breadth of the mountain kingdom. Can we go to the next slide, please? As provided by the corporate union of Lesotho, King uh, Litsi declared the 7th of October as the date for the holding of the National Assembly elections uh, in the the kingdom. And uh, in a subsequent action, the Independent Electoral Commission therefore announced the election roadmap spanning from July to early October 2022. Now we have noticed, and we'll come back to this in some parts of the um, of the presentation, that there's been a, a massive increase in political parties from 27 that contested the 2017 elections to 65 in 2022. As demonstrated in the uh, uh, roadmap, there are 10 voting uh, districts, uh, which are subdivided into 80 electoral constituencies, which consist, of course, of 129 community local councils. If we can move to the next one, please. The same way that we We felt it was necessary to deal with the uh, uh, legislative frameworks with regard to Angola. Um, We felt it would be necessary to highlight this uh, uh, with regard to Lesotho. Particularly taking into consideration that Lesotho has been in the process with the assistance of SADEC of trying to effect certain reforms which uh, a deputy minister spoke to in his opening uh, remarks and the implications thereof um, which i'm not going to to repeat but suffice to say they are still using the 1993 constitution and then the electoral law that dates back to 2011 uh, perhaps if there were the reforms or the omnibus bill would have been passed, uh, we'll be talking a, a different, a, a different story. However, this is the law that is in force and it entrusts both government and the two chambers of the Senate National Assembly and the Senate that consists of 33 nominate members, 22 principal chiefs, as you know, that Lesotho is, the, is the, 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 the mountain kingdom, and 11 other members appointed by the ruling uh, uh, party, whereas the National Assembly has for a membership of 120, with eight members voted through a plurality of votes four of whom are voted on by political parties. And this is what is going to apply, as I've indicated, that the, the reforms were not concluded. Suffice to indicate that all qualifying parties, as provided by the law, have signed the Electoral Code of Conduct in terms of how they are going to abide to the provisions of such a code in terms of the constitutional requirements. If we can move to the next slide, please. Now, in terms of voter registrations, uh, this process is said to have intensified from May 2021 and then closed on 1 July, 2022. We are talking of an estimated uh, voting uh, age of about 800,000 to 900,000 persons in Lesotho. And there was a notable increase in youth registration, uh, which is uh, attributed to voter education by the Electoral uh, Commission and the, and, the, and the relevant stakeholders. And it's a commendable uh, progress. The, the IEC conducted nomination of candidates on 9 uh, September 2022 in all constituencies that we referred to earlier on. What they call advanced voting uh, will take place on 30 uh, September 2022, uh, according to, to, to the plan, uh, which is uh, this coming Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, this coming Friday. Uh, just as a reminder, the application for the advanced voting took place from 12 to 16 September 2022. So it has been uh, concluded. If we can
2: move to the next slide, please. If we can move to the next slide, please.
5: <clears throat> now, honorable members, the the government of Lesotho is the one that has been uh, releasing funds to the IEC. Um, in 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 what I will call trenches, uh, but the budget for the elections it's estimated at 498 million, and so far only 261.5 million has been uh, released or allocated by Parliament. So they didn't give them the I mean the, the whole amount, but they opted to give it to them in trenches. So one can only hope that uh, the, remain, the remainder of the amount will be available to ensure um that the elections are a success. However, government keep on saying that they are ready, so we should not worry much. I'm hoping that there won't be a last minute uh, surprise where uh, the IEC will be expected uh, with the assistance of government to scramble for additional resources. However, the IEC remain in close discussion with the state budget control in that matter and the auditor the, and the general um, in the event that there are certain shortfalls discussing the extent to which this could be uh, covered. On the security front, uh, the IEC has launched what they call the National Joint Operations Center that comprises of the Lesotho Defense Force, the Lesotho Mounted Police, the National Security Service, as well as Ministries of Foreign Affairs and International Relations and the Ministry of, uh, of Home Affairs. Uh, This will be some sort of uh, a control room um, just to ensure that the elections uh, uh, take place without uh, the major glitches. Now, as a a practice and as a norm, um, international observers have been um, invited. We are going to participate within the ambit of SADEC the same way that we did the, uh, in Angola. It's practically the same way that we have always done in uh, other countries in the region. The AU, the EU, the Commonwealth and the USA have also confirmed their availability to uh, observe the elections.
2: If we can move to the next slide, please. If we can move to the next one, please.
5: <clears throat> Honorable members, just to take you through the um few challenges that we we think uh, 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 are critical, I've already indicated this massive increase from 2017. Um uh, parties that participated in the elections which were 27 to 65 in 2022 that our view is that it may uh, present logistical uh, challenges associated mainly with the printing and transportation of the election ballots across the the country this this may as well be compounded by the fact that um, some roads and bridges were destroyed during heavy uh, rains between October 2021 and, um, and March 2022. But there tends to be continued assurance that uh, the IEC will be able to deliver despite this uh, uh, natural uh, uh, challenge. In terms of the pre-election assessment, which was made by SADC in May, this transportation of ballots was highlighted and it was noted that perhaps it would be important for the SADC countries to remain on alert because even if uh, the IEC says it's ready, To avoid the last-minute disappointment, it's really, really important and as recommended by SADC that countries should be available to release helicopters that could assist the Lesotho Defence Force should their uh, support be required. And as I've indicated, the Lesotho Defence Force itself is... (laughs) confirmed its readiness to transport uh, uh, ballots to voting staging across the country. So uh, we hope that will be the case, but necessarily we need to be uh, on alert. But so far there hasn't been any request that has come through to any of the SADC member states uh, individually or collectively. Uh, if we can move to the next slide, please. <laughs> the issue of budget, um, I've indicated honorable members how these monies have been uh, dispatched in treaties, uh, but of course it has been flagged as a concern. Uh, there's also a very worrisome uh, phenomenon of crime, uh, which is perpetuated by the so-called uh, farmer gangs. Uh, these are gangs that are involved in uh, cross-border crime, including illegal mining, We would know better about this. But they also operate within the borders of uh, Lesotho. That's why... In the recent past, there's been a spike in acts of criminality. And this will need the full operation of the enforcement agencies to maintain law and order. And the joint operations set that I referred to earlier will be central in ensuring that uh, this is taken care of. We have also noted with concern, and this has been going on for some time, food shortages uh, within uh, nine of the uh, the ten districts uh, in Lesotho. I know, of course, that uh, for for some years now, Lesotho has been prone to food insecurity. Um, But the good news, perhaps, is that this um, process that The BRICS uh, bank in consultation with other stakeholders is undertaking to see how they can assist Lesotho in the area of agriculture so that they reach a stage of food uh, security. But so far where we are now, that is the situation. There's an acute food security problem challenge in, uh, in Lesotho. If we can move to the
2: next slide, please.
5: Very few observations that we have made. Uh, I'm not going to repeat the first one because the Deputy Minister spoke to this uh, with regard to the amendment uh, bill, the Omnibus bill, which could not be uh, concluded uh, despite the recall of uh, Parliament to try and pass the bill through a state of emergency, which, by the way, was... Declared unconstitutional by the Constitutional Court. As where we are sitting now, we are uh, governed in terms of the electoral process by the 1993 Constitution. If we can move to the next slide, please. Of course, the implications of the High Court ruling is that Lesotho will go to the elections without having enacted the said reforms, as the Deputy Minister has indicated. Um, one would hope that uh, following the conclusion of the elections, uh, Basotho will uh, find it amongst themselves to urgently. Uh, uh, go back to the reform process and see how they can finalize with the assistance, of course, of SADAC. And you will recall that South Africa was key in facilitating these reforms. And they are very close to finality. And it would make sense that whoever wins the election, the incoming government, will take it upon itself to uh, finalize the reforms. If we can move to the next slide, which I suspect is the last slide. Thank you so much, Chairperson, uh, um, uh, honorable uh, members, deputy minister and uh, acting DG and colleagues. I will stop there. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, thank um, you. Uh, honorable Chairperson. Person. Okay. And,
7: and it, uh, uh, um, DM Bortis, uh, that's the presentation from DECO. I'm not sure if we can hand over to you now for, for answers and comments, please.
1: Okay. No, thanks very much, uh, uh, Acting DG. And thanks very much uh, to all the presenters. Uh, starting uh, with the opening remarks of uh, the DM, uh, Honorable uh, Botes, uh, I saw you on the television, uh, Honorable Portes, uh, but I won't say where, uh, with Minister Mandashe, that's <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note. <clears throat> and then, Kuba uh, uh, for the presentation that is just concluded now. Uh, I think it was uh, who also did the presentation on Kenya. Uh, honorable members, uh, the chair is asked that I proceed with chairing. Uh, now the opportunity is for us to engage uh, with the presentation Uh, the one that deals with Kenya and Angola and uh, also uh, the coming elections uh, in Lesotho. So I will uh, give this opportunity uh, to honourable members. But maybe before I do that, I just want to check something also on my side. Uh, Just uh, be patient with me, uh, honourable members. Okay, because there's something that I want to check here with the department, which I think uh, uh, it will assist if... Yeah, I wanted the department also to, in their response, uh, to also brief us on what President Ruto, Dr. Ruto, uh, said on the Western Sahara matter, because it's important uh, to be brief on that one, because uh, I think it did say something and I think it will uh, enlighten us uh, and then uh, put us uh, to understanding as to what is Kenya's position on such matters. Uh, But uh, without wasting any time, let me allow honourable members uh, to engage uh, with the discussions or the presentations. I don't see any hands uh, on my platform, but members can also shout, uh, and then uh, we can just allow them to uh, engage and uh, ask questions of clarity, make inputs uh, or comments. Over to you, Honourable Members. I see the hand of uh, Honourable uh of Reverend Mshwew, um, uh, so far, those are the hands that I see. Uh, I think let me allow uh, those two honorable members uh, the opportunity. And then we'll be followed by uh, No, thanks, Jefferson. I, I,
8: I think we should appreciate the detailed inputs on Kenya, Angola, and uh, Lesotho. I just want to make the following comments. Firstly, is that it may be important that uh, the committee is briefed even prior to the elections themselves, particularly on the state of readiness uh, of uh, countries to hold elections, the role of the Uh, monitoring groups, um, particularly in in the stated group, so that we're able to, uh, on time, determine whether we should ask to be part of uh, uh, observer missions or to influence observer missions to focus on particular issues. I think the, the, the second thing is that we're seeing in the region a consolidation of uh, democracy and, and democratically elected governments taking over. It is notable that, uh, you know, uh, in the past, uh, Kenya was associated with a lot of violence pre and post elections. But uh, it is a welcome thing that um, in these elections there has been none or minimum uh, reportage of such. Uh, the other point Jay, is that I would like to know from the department the the role that Kenya plays in that region uh, in relation to stabilization. And I have noted that the president uh, has given uh, 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 Uhuru Kenyatta, former president, the responsibility to engage at the international level in terms of uh, stabilizing the region. But I think the matters are much deeper than that. We know that the instability in Jersey affects most of uh, uh, countries involved in that area. So it may be important to reflect on what Kenya does to ensure that there is uh, stability. Secondly, in relation to that, is the relationship between Kenya and ourselves as a country. Um, i think we we have hosted by nationals or whatever uh, in the past and uh, democratization in both countries should lead to increased levels of engagement at, at trade, and uh, economic uh, relations so i'd like to have a comment on on, on that um The other general point uh, relates to the the role played by parliamentarians uh, pre and post, Uh, particularly the 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 this body that sits here in midlands, the African Parliament, uh, the AU Parliament. I mean, what role do they play? How do they brief bodies like us? On dynamics, on, on on what they are doing as a body to consolidate democracy and how they encourage uh, multipartyism and uh, the holding of free and fair elections and, and tolerance. As far as the switch is concerned, Jefferson, I think um, yeah, the the impact of uh, instability in successive governments in Lesotho affects our country uh, and affects, uh, uh, in, in particular, our country. But also is a concern for 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 Sede. And safe to say that the the constitutional reforms are welcomed and have been a result of a protracted, engaged and. Uh, Uh, at times, fractious process. I think we should welcome the fact that at least those uh, before parliament and they will be tabled and if adopted, will guide uh, future elections in in Lesotho. Uh, What I hope for is that they they should not be a a, a pulling out or a disengagement, either at bilateral level or through uh, SEDEC bodies uh, to ensure that the legislature returns to stability. Otherwise,
1: Chair, okay, I think I welcome the inputs. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Ngosi. Uh, Honorable uh, Mshwe? Uh,
9: Honorable Mpanza is Honorable Mshwe, not Mshwe.
1: Okay. And <laughs> you, Mishwe. Finally, honorable. <laughs> Mr. Finally.
9: I, I, I thought along the line you will catch up you from know. other members, you know, but I realize you're not
1: <laughs> catching up. So it's issue, sir. Hey, You make honorable to be very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Reverend.
9: Okay, sir. Thank you. Um, a, a few questions of clarity, sir. Um, Mr. Odinga filed a lawsuit challenging the outcome of the elections and one of his um, reasons for challenging them was um, the fact that their constitution um, they give a threshold of 50% plus one vote. Now the outcome of the election did not give the incumbent 50% plus one. And yet the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Dr. William Ruto. What I want to know from this is how the Supreme Court uh, justified uh, giving a unanimous ruling even though the threshold was not attained. And the second question uh,
2: is about the Lesotho elections. Okay, we heard that
9: um, for the National Assembly, 80 members are voted through plurality votes. I want to confirm is this plurality vote? Does this plurality vote mean Um, votes of the general population or what does that mean? And secondly they are talking about 40 members who are voted on by political parties. Can we get explanation of how this happens? Uh, How do you vote for political parties compared to the plurality votes. And when we look at the Senate, the Senate consists of 33 nominated members.
2: It's nominated,
9: are those nominated not voted on? And if yes, by who? Um, is it the general public or by who? And why do they say 33 nominated and not voted or elected members? And when it comes to the 22 principal chiefs, is it okay? How do they how do they conclude on the number 22? Are the chiefs that are elected to the Senate appointed by government, or the public has anything to do with this? And are the principal chiefs only in 22 in number in Lesotho, Or how do they decide on the 22? And then um, the 11 other members are appointed by the ruling party. Obviously, this gives the ruling party an advantage over other political parties. Do they... Appoint from their members and uh, has has this practice been going on unchallenged by members of the public or members of other political parties? And um, lastly, when it comes to the IEC, we see that the IEC, the IEC, some members of the IEC, Distance themselves from the results, and this seems to be a practice in Kenya and and Angola. Um, At least in South Africa, we have never had uh, members of the public of the IEC distancing themselves because this has uh, this has uh, the potential of undermining the credibility of the the election results. So I want to understand whether this is a normal practice that is accepted, that other IEC officials can distance themselves when those they favor uh, are not uh, winning, or what could be the basis of this? Thank you so much.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, Honorable Reverend. Uh, Yes, uh, I don't see any other hands. Yeah, but I, I just want also to add uh, to uh, the, the the question uh, beside the one that I I post earlier on of getting a briefing. <clears throat> um, I think the honourable members have uh, asked quite a lot, and I'm covered. But uh, if we can just also be. Uh, just be provided by comparative analysis of the electoral system that both uh, or these three countries are using, particularly Kenya and uh, in Angola, uh, with our electoral system. Why I'm asking that, uh, I'm sure you are aware, Action uh, DG and your team that uh, <clears throat> we have been also be ordered by the Constitutional Court uh, to do some amendments in our <clears> own <throat> electoral uh, system and the Parliament is in the process <clears throat> of doing that. So that at least there can be some maybe lessons that one maybe can uh, learn uh, from that, I'm not sure, I might be mistaken, but uh, I also had uh, uh, information whether it was a correct one or maybe it wasn't, but maybe you can uh, enlighten us on that one. That, uh, I don't know whether it's Kenya, I think it's Kenya, it's, uh, they just have uh, electoral that covers all uh, spheres of government. Because uh, if that is the case, and uh, there is uh, Kenya uh, conducting their elections in that fashion, fashion and it's successful, uh, that's another lesson that uh, we can also learn because uh, there's also a debate, uh, I'm sure everyone, it's a public knowledge uh, within the different <clears throat> political parties and other stakeholders of also uh, going that route of synergizing uh, our <clears throat> uh, elections into one. So uh, those are the few uh, points that I would want you to, maybe to uh, enlighten us on. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> please, acting uh, DG, you will guide us as to how uh, the... Questions and the comments that have been made by honorable members, including myself, uh, are going to be responded to. Uh, over to you, Acting DG. Thank you.
7: Thank you very much, honorable um, Mpanza. Thank you uh, very much uh, to the members. For their for their uh, questions, I will suggest that, and I'm not sure. Um, um DM Botis will also indicate when he wants to come in. I will suggest that we start uh, with Ambassador Bungani, uh, as he has started and follow uh, the the process through. And please, Miss Ambassador Bungani, follow uh, the questions that have been as they have been asked. And if there's anything which is outstanding, we'll then come back again and, and deal with that. Ambassador Pungane?
2: Thank you very
6: much, uh, Dr. DG, and, uh, and the Honourable Members, uh, and Deputy Minister of uh, uh I'll lead assistance where I missed some of the questions, but, uh, The first one, uh, by the acting chair on uh, Dr. Ruto's uh, tweet on Western Sahara. Uh, The tweet was subsequently uh, removed uh, because in the tweet, uh, uh, President Ruto had uh, indicated that they were de-recognizing Western Sahara as as a state. It was a brief uh, a tweet, and uh, I don't know whether it was in the tweet itself, uh, but there had been some uh, a brief or a meeting between the uh,
2: delegation of uh, of more So I'm not sure whether the you know I, I can't recall it. The leader of the delegation from Morocco had met with uh, President uh, Ruto.
6: But of importance uh, is that
2: uh, a day later, uh, the permanent secretary,
6: uh, or not, the, is the principal secretary, is an equivalent of uh, of, of DG. In our jurisdiction, uh, issued uh, a statement, a media statements to all missions uh, uh, and and other people uh, to clarify uh, Kenya's stance. Uh, and I just refer to some of the paragraphs that he uh, he penned in the in the letter. One was that uh, Kenya's position on uh, the Saudi Arab Democratic uh, Republic is fully aligned with the decision of the Organization of African Unity then to admit uh, uh, the Saudi Arab Democratic Republic as uh, a member of the AU in 1982. Uh, and also uh, subsequently aligned with the EU charter uh, that came into operation uh, when the AU was established. And further they say the uh, Kenya Alliance itself uh, With the UN Security Council resolution, uh, they mentioned the resolution number which calls for the self-determination of Western Sahara through a free and fair referendum administered by the UN and the EU and says Kenya supports the implementation of that. Uh, And then made uh, the last remark uh, the principal secretary then said uh, it's important to to be noted that Kenya does not conduct its foreign policy on Twitter or other social media. And therefore, the letter serves to clarify uh, Kenya's position with regard to uh, the matter of uh, the Saudi Arab Republic. So as far as we are concerned, then that concludes the matter. That's the stance of, uh, of Kenya on the on the matter. There hasn't been any further statements uh, from the presidency or anybody else uh, contradicting what the permanent secretary said. So we take that that is the official position uh, of Kenya. Uh, and the questions from uh, uh, Honorable Member Ngosi on post electoral violence in Kenya, we concur with that. We are very relieved uh, that these elections uh, went off. Uh, peacefully, uh, although there were some you know, observations that uh, if the elections had gone the other way around, uh, there is doubt whether we'll be saying the same thing. But uh, that's academic now. Uh, elections have gone off uh, peacefully, and we are very grateful for, for that because uh, Kenya is uh, an important partner for, for South Africa on the continent and in that region in, in, in particular. And then on the role of Kenya in stabilizing the the region, uh, I mentioned a few uh, countries, uh, and in our engagement with them, we acknowledged uh, the role that they played, and that uh, uh, in some instances will take cue from uh, from them as uh, as an important player uh, in that in that region. Uh, the first one, uh, and this has been long standing. Is their development of not development deployment of troops of, of troops to Somalia, uh, and the reason for that are not hard to find. Uh, really, Kenya has uh, suffered, uh, you know, as a result of terrorist uh, attacks from the same terrorist group that is uh, terrorizing uh, Kenya. So they have deployed uh, troops in, in Somalia for for a long time under Amazon and the and the latter. Uh, uh uh, EU, uh uh body that is uh, still involved in 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 Somalia and then uh, secondly is on uh, on Ethiopia we are aware of the uh, civil law that has been in, uh in uh, in Ethiopia since uh, 2020 2020 uh december 2020 if i'm not uh, mistaken uh and Kenya has been uh, supporting uh, mediation
2: efforts uh, to try and uh, and bring the you know the both uh, sides you know of, of this uh, of this role that kenya
6: is is playing in the in the background in support of the AU missions for instance led by uh, the former president of uh, of uh, of Nigeria, Uh, uh And uh, yeah, uh, I think some of the detail, I may not have it uh, with me uh, readily available, but we can share that if it is uh, necessary. So they are very supportive and are playing some role in the background uh, in trying to find peace in Ethiopia. Uh, in, in uh, and the latest efforts really around finding peace Appears to be bearing fruit, although uh, not, uh, you know, hundred percent. With TPLF, uh, for instance, uh, signalling their readiness to uh, to to negotiate with the uh, with Ethiopian uh, federal government. Uh, uh, so there's some hope
2: uh,
6: there. And the last one is the conflict that we also mentioned in the eastern uh, DRC. Uh, Kenya has also played uh, some role there. Uh, Earlier in the year, they hosted a summit of the Heads of States uh, in, the, in the region. Uh, I think in, in April, uh, there, may be a, there may have been a subsequent uh, summit as well. Uh, but the summit that uh, was chaired by uh, President Kenyatta uh, uh, led to uh, a decision that uh, the East African community would deploy troops uh, in Eastern DRC. And some of the countries I know for, for a fact that uh, Burundi for instance has uh, already uh, deployed some troops uh, in, Easter, in East in East DRC to try and uh, and bring peace to uh, that region, uh, but the conflict is still ongoing. But it doesn't look like it's escalating at the sidelines of the of the UN. Uh, General Assembly recently, uh, there was apparently, you know, some talks between the two presidents of the DRC and and, uh, and Rwanda because we we know that uh, you know there was a panel panel of experts uh, of the UN that confirmed uh, Rwanda's involvement uh, in that in that conflict uh, and obviously they deny that uh, but the panel had. Uh, a different uh, decision, and in terms of uh, i think the on the bilateral relations between south Africa and, and Kenya and the democracy in both countries and the impact on trade uh, is an area really that we working very hard uh, on uh, in terms of increasing our our trade uh, there were some uh, setbacks uh, recently with one or two of our companies divesting from the Kenyan market but uh, uh, we think that that would not be a trend to be, to to be followed uh, and when we are in uh, in nairobi uh, uh, last year uh, was one of the decisions that our mission uh, would uh, lead efforts uh, for south africa to try and under, understand you know what could be some of the difficulties that our companies are experiencing there we know uh, like for instance the ports you know delays and getting our goods offloaded uh, into the ports, uh, etc., to try and uh, and find you know solutions to those uh, to those to those challenges, and it is ongoing uh, work. Uh, I spoke about in the presentation about Kenya's uh, uh, desire for the trade imbalance to to be rectified and the specific sectors that they thought uh, could uh, could have access to our market and then uh, contribute towards this uh, trading balance. The agricultural sector, for instance. So there's work underway to, to address those uh, those issues led by the DTIC. Uh, and then uh, I think the Pan African Parliament. Uh, I don't think it's my space. Uh, and then on uh, the question by uh, the Honorable Reverend. Uh, Mishwe on uh, on dinga. Uh The court ruled uh, that he reached fifty uh, percent plus one vote uh, before the elections. We were not sure in the in the business unit, you know, whether this fifty plus one was, was it one percent or one vote. Uh, but it looks like is 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 one vote. Uh, so according to the Results that we showed, uh, uh, Dr. Ruto gained 50.49%. So in my reading, and I think that's what the court uh, basis decision is that it is definitely more than 50%. Uh, but we don't have the uh, detailed uh, court. I don't know whether it is available already. Uh, uh, decision on this, including the reasons for their uh, various decisions, uh, we just have the summary that they released immediately after they made the decision. Uh,
8: we'll try to source
6: the the original or the the recent uh, court decision on the, on the matter and
2: share it if it is of uh, of interest. Uh, and then the by 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 the chair, the comparative
6: analysis. I think we may need to be allowed a bit of time, I don't know whether these procedures
2: uh, make provision for for that. uh, But uh, one of the obvious uh, 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 differences between our systems uh, is on the elections of the presidents. Theirs is is,
6: is direct, uh, uh, whereas uh, uh, so the vote, the, the president get voted by the, by the electorate, you know, uh, directly and not through a uh, parliament like we, we do in our, in our instance. Uh, I think on the others, uh, I think we can, we can look at uh, whether or not uh, in those instances there are, uh, there are further differences. Uh, but I just wanted to, you know, just target the presidential election, which is, which can, which is of, of interest i suppose from uh, from 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 our side, and then on the you know the elections taking place covered in the various spheres thats that's that's true that's what happened uh, and uh, by our accounts, it looks everything went uh, peacefully how they managed that i think I'll be interested in in getting you know behind the scenes of uh, of of their processes uh, but one of the uh can say in, in innovations, uh but their voting was done electronically. Uh, wholly electronically. Uh before the elections there were queries by some of the candidates whether you know the system was going to to cope uh and then uh it delivered uh the results uh, that were that were announced uh And hence, uh, on the core challenges that were uh, cited uh, by the various, uh, 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 by Dr. Uh, Or not Dr., by Mr. Ruto, not Ruto, sorry, Odinga, uh, one of the things that the court has to determine was the technology that was used, whether it met, you know, the standards uh, that were listed in in, in the presentation and they are answer was in the in the in the affirmative uh, there was also uh, you know, uh, an issue before the elections that there were uh, some foreign nationals that were found with uh, you know with uh, uh, information relating to the to the to the system uh, but it was also uh, not found to have impacted on the i think there was some venezuelans i don't know whether they have sourced technicians or the equipment, uh, but there were some uh, people other than um, Kenyans who were uh, part of this uh, electronic voter uh, system, uh, but the court did not find really anything untoward. The, the, uh, the, uh,
2: yeah, uh, I've tried. Yeah, and
6: then on the whether is the normal listing of. Commissioners distancing themselves. Uh, yeah, as we reported both myself and Mr. Chavani, it happened in the uh, in, uh, in in Kenya and then in uh, I don't know, it was copycating in Angola. Uh, but in Kenya, the these uh, commissioners that distanced themselves uh, were part of the process right up right up until the end or towards the end. Uh, I think it was results result of the two of about thirty two constituencies or of voting stations uh, that they began to have some issues uh, and then there was a question as to whether legally uh, the president of the of the electoral uh commission uh, could then proceed uh, and announce the elections uh, uh With the majority of the councillors, or what is this, commissioners having withdrawn from from the process, and the court found that uh, you know there was nothing wrong with what the commissioner did uh, because these guys were there throughout the the process, and the electoral commissioner staff that was managing the process, Uh, the commissioners were overseeing the, the the process, and therefore the Walk out by these uh, commissioners uh, did not have any material impact on the on the outcome of the of the results uh, and hence where we, oh, we are uh, in terms of present uh to now being present of 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 kenya uh, i think i'll end it there, uh, madam uh, acting d g thank you very
7: much Thank you very much, uh, Ambassador Bunganet. Um, I think we we can al- uh, allow now Mr. Chabane to come in. And uh, honorable uh, Banza and members, uh, I'm thinking that the the point you have made and perhaps an instruction to us to do the analysis of the different electoral systems Uh where is something which we look at, and which might have we might have some uh, suggestions uh, on how it can be done with the parliamentary uh, office, because it's some research would need to be done. For instance, in terms of the electoral system, uh, Namibia has had an electro um, an um, electronic system for some time now. So there's a lot which we uh, we can learn in the analysis being assisted by our embassies but also working with the committee, which works uh, supports uh, the committee. If it's okay with you, um, Honourable um, Banza, can I please call Mr. Chabane to come in then and address the rest of the questions? Thank you.
5: Thank you, uh, Acting DG. Um, let me just talk to the question that was raised by Honourable Mr. Uh, with a preface, rather, but, uh, I think there's an echo somewhere. Okay. Yeah, with a with a preface that uh, uh, it also falls within the broader analysis of the electoral system. Um, one, we need to appreciate that. Uh, Lesotho has got a very unique system. Unique system in the sense that, as we all know, the the kingship is hereditary, and there are certain powers which are vested in the king uh, by the College of Chiefs, including the constitution in terms of nominating a particular number of people who can sit in the in the in the in, the, in, in parliament after elections. Be that as it may, uh, for instance, the monarch has the right to nominate uh, approximately 11 uh, members. Um, I, I don't have the specific number, but approximately 11 members uh, uh, to serve a five-year period in the, in the Senate. And then uh, 22 members thereabout who serve in the Senate. Uh, they are called the hereditary.
2: I don't know who
5: now the plurality uh, vote maybe it must be looked at uh, within this uh, unique mixed member proportional representative system that they suit to use it. That I must confess, we also need to study very closely to speak with, uh, with authority in uh, in how the, 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 the tires therefore work because you have for the first and the secondary time. But what I can try and explain is that under that system, you get two ballots on election day. One that is used for a nominal uh, tire candidate Second is for a party list tire candid- candidates. And then the list of those ballots are used to determine the number of seats each party would receive uh, In uh, depending on uh, the, the, the proportionality. So it's a bit of a complicated system. And the allocation of seats is also... Done within a system that is called a a, hare quarter. It's a sort of a variation system whereby a total number of votes cast on a political party is divided by the total number of the seats that are that are at stake or rather available in the National Assembly. That's why we speak about that uh, 120. Thereabouts. Um, And then the plurality voting, which is, uh, I don't think it's unique to Lesotho. It's done at uh, constituency level, where people would either vote for one or the other candidate. Um, And I'm told that previously it would cause confusion. Even to basoto to themselves that uh, in some elections those votes would be disregarded and uh, uh, the king would have to <laughs> intervene, so it's a uh, it's it's really a very uh, unique but also complicated uh, system. Perhaps to put it into more context. <laughs> The, the need for reforms as well, eh, uh, were to address some of these gaps in terms of the electoral systems. Hence, I kept on um, emphasizing that as things stand, we are still governed by the previous constitution, and we hope that as they are in the cusp of reforms, they would be able to do so so that it guides them to future elections. There are traditional leaders who have got a certain quota in the Senate, either the Senate or Cabinet, uh, who who must sit there uh, by virtue of them being traditional leaders. So their system is different, completely different from us. And let me just really, as i've confessed i I can't answer the question sufficiently because it needs thorough research and analysis, but for now, I can make those uh, those comments uh, uh, chair and the and the
2: acting d g thank you very much.
7: Honourable Farber, can I give it over to you because I can see other hands uh, on our side. Uh, we think we've covered what has been uh, um, raised so far.
2: Thank you, sir.
1: Okay. No, thanks very much. Yes, I can see two hands. Uh, Honourable Meshu, uh, and uh, Honourable Farber. But let me start with Honourable Farber because... Uh, The reverend, I think, is a second bite.
9: No, no, it's not a second Uh, bite. It's a follow-up, sir.
1: Oh, it's a follow-up. Okay. No, it's fine. But uh, let me allow uh, Honorable Faber, then you'll make a follow-up. And then uh, we'll hear the response uh, from the department. Honorable
4: Panza, Honorable Faber, can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can hear you, Honourable Pham.
4: Yes, Honourable Pons, I would rather let um, Honourable Meshwe, Reverend Meshwai, um, ask his follow-up. Um, I'm, I need something clarity on for, with this Foreign Services Unit, um, just actually not on this presentation. So, um, I, but it's very important to this specific portfolio of ours. And that's why I'd rather let Honourable Meshwe finish his, and then I would like to raise my point if possible.
1: Okay, granted. Uh, Over to you, uh, Honorable Mishu.
9: Uh, Thanks, Honorable Faba. Um, Obviously, some questions were were, were not answered, and I understand that uh, Mr. Chabani did say he's not sure about uh, uh, how to answer some questions. So I would really like to have a commitment from the from the acting DG, that they will research and come back to this committee with answers. Because uh, when one looks at the Senate again, you see that 11 other members are appointed by the ruling party, which is very strange. And I really want to know the rationale behind that. Because it definitely gives the ruling party an advantage over all other parties. So I would really appreciate a commitment that they are going to research, they are going to find out, and they will come back to this committee with answers. Thank you, chairperson, acting chairperson.
1: Thank you, thank you, honourable uh, reverend. I think let us make that uh, as uh, our resolution as a committee that uh, because that question of a comparative analysis is uh, is brought and they came here not uh, prepared and it will need some uh, work in terms of researching that uh, when they are ready they can liaise with the uh, the committee secretary and the chair and then uh, come and bring it back because i think uh, it will uh, very much uh, assist us and, and enrich us you know we are now living in a technological time and digital times. Now, even the issue of electronic, uh, you know, counting, I think it's a matter that uh, also uh, is being also debated in some quarters. So uh, I think let us make that uh, as a a resolution of this committee that uh, when they are ready, uh, through uh, their facilitation, of coming back through the committee secretary and the chairperson of the portfolio committee they will then bring uh, that uh, report.
4: Uh, Honourable Fiber, over to you, sir. Thank you, Honourable Ponza. Honourable Ponza, yes, um, as we have the foreign services unit online, um, I needed to bring something up that occurred in the last two, three days, which is very important. And I do believe we cannot, as an international relations portfolio committee, just set aside and keep quiet on this. We have to discuss this, while, and specifically while we have them here. Now, you know, the foreign services unit is there to ensure um, electoral integrity, as we heard. Under and, um, you know, the, the actual scary part was when we heard um, that in Ukraine at the moment... Um, that the ANC Youth League have sent observers and actually to go to an unlawful, um, what we call referendum as observers. Now, I I need to know, is the Foreign Services Unit of South Africa going to take steps upon this? Because the integrity of South Africa is all of a sudden on the roll here. We've seen now that Ukraine is actually taking um, further steps on that um, to make a case. And I need to know, um, you know, what is South Africa going to do about this? It's putting us in such a bad state at this moment. You know, what I'm just worried about is last week we had Professor Zondi um, informing us. I think it's one of the most informative sessions um, in my, let's say, 12 years on international relations in parliament where he was talking about that, uh, what we sometimes called silent diplomacy where governments send other parts of um, parties or um, departments to actually um, do things which is not seen to be done by government or the minister, but instead helping. Now, now I'm quite concerned because... Is it then also maybe that the ANC government have sent the ANC Youth League by trying to keep them um, away as culprits and to give legitimacy to Russian illegal occupancy and referendums in Ukraine? Because Chairperson, as this Portfolio Committee, I, I don't think we can just look aside and and let this go. Um, We have to take this up and and I want to know from the Forest Services Unit, especially with Deputy Minister Alvin Puertas, what is our government going to do about this situation our country finds itself in at this stage?
2: Thank you, Chair. We
1: (laughs) are lucky Honourable Nola is not here. Honourable Gosi, order please uh, no oh, thanks very much uh, honorable father uh, but uh, let me first of all uh, express this uh, we had uh, items I, I agendas uh, before us uh, and we were dealing with those uh, presentations that were dealing with those three countries and uh, I don't uh, prevent you to take an opportunity to ask uh, the acting DG and the DM if they are in a position to answer that. But we we we, we are not uh, going to be dealing with uh, such matters, and uh, so it is up to them. I will leave uh, it to them uh, to whether they are in a position to respond or not to respond Uh, in whatever way uh, they decide. uh, Because as I'm saying, the agenda items that we're dealing with, uh, I think we have exhausted. But uh, uh, you can also raise an issue when the opportunity uh, presents itself, which you think maybe it's relevant to them. Acting uh, DG, and maybe DM at the, at, at the end of the day, that's the question.
7: Um, honourable Banzai um, and honourable members, um, I'm hoping that uh, DM will answer this one. But as government, I think Minister has presented uh, our position that it uh, respects the integrity of each and every country. Um, so since then, we have not received a, a different position on that, but uh, DM, if he's here, he can respond to that. Thank you.
1: Uh, DM, uh, do you want to say something, not only on this one, but also as your closing uh, remarks or input uh, on the whole uh, Uh, items that we dealt with uh, today. Uh, If uh, you can uh, uh, kindly say something if there is something and also on what uh, Honorable Fibre is is raising. The DM, are you with us? Uh, Let me see. Yeah, the, the DM is on the platform, but maybe he might also have uh, some challenges. But uh, Honourable Faber, that's the response uh, from the acting uh, DG. And I think maybe the minister will be better placed uh, to deal with this matter. Uh, but uh, we've heard what we are saying. Uh, and uh, also, here, yeah, we in international uh, relations uh committee and uh were not represented by any other uh, organization or any structure except ourselves and then the department is uh, <clears throat> the one that articulates their uh, positions on behalf of of the country and the government so uh, I think we will leave this matter at that level, and then uh, they take what the acting DG has said, the, 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 the articulation of the minister. Honorable course, is there something that you want to guide us on on this one before we then uh, conclude the meeting? And any no, other che- member in the reverend?
8: No, che- I... I'm not responding to Honorable Farmer, and um, uh, I I welcome the fact that the question is raised and the minister may give her response. It, however, must be noted that um, the country is represented in its foreign policy positions, officially by uh, DECO, and the principal... um, person thereof is the country, I mean the country's president, firstly, and then the minister who articulate our foreign relations policy. That being the case, Chair, I think uh, we take you from what we are told officially uh, is a South African position. That doesn't mean that individuals, organizations and, and politicians cannot take stances on each and, on any issue that is happening at an international level. We've seen this uh, several times. We've seen the leader of the DA going to Ukraine, expressing his views. He was clear, he's expressing his views, uh, trying to influence government to act otherwise. Uh, and we have not raised this issue. So in line with our constitution constitution and, and, and the principles Therein involved that there's freedom of association, freedom of expression, of opinion, and uh, of of, uh, um, association. We shouldn't really trample those. Uh, What people say ultimately must be guided by what our constitution allows and doesn't allow. If our constitution were to say that nobody can go to a war-torn area and express uh, their views Yes, that would be the case, but our constitution doesn't say so. That's my mild response. Uh, but if you want a radical one, I can give
1: you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Nkosi. Uh, I think we are starting now to experience some uh, network problems, but that uh, uh bring us to the point of uh, concluding this very uh, fruitful and very empowering and enlightening uh, meeting and the presentations. Thanks to DM Bottas, uh, the acting DG Wabu uh, Pungane, and uh, uh, what is it? Chaban uh, for the very informative presentations. And that uh, concludes our meeting. Thanks very much. Uh, See you next time. Thank you,
7: Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Chair.